Greetings, Quester. The Meddlesome Meeples present Tome Talk with Matt and Richard. Hello and welcome to Tome Talk. And this week, Matt is going to be telling us about The Final Empire which is a book by Brandon Sanderson. That's correct. Now, this book is sometimes referred to as Mistborn. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes referred to as The Final Empire. Its full title is Mistborn, The Final Empire. It's the first book of the Mistborn series by Brandon uh, Sanderson. Now, this was released back in 2006 via Tor Books. And for those who are perhaps familiar with some of our, our, our other Tome Talks, mm-hmm. remember we talked about The Wheel of Time, one yes. of our earlier Tome Talks by Robert Jordan. Brandon Sanderson is the writer that was brought in to finish the Wheel of Time after Robert Jordan unfortunately passed away. Right, okay. So So, he has done some Wheel of Time as well. Yeah, so a name familiar to many. He's won quite a number of awards for his various uh, books. Now, this one is a fantasy series. It's uh, it's set in a dystopian world Hmm, um, of myths and abilities and brown plants and it's quite an interesting world that he's built here now just a little bit of setting so i'm going to be very careful as usual not to give any spoilers mm-hmm. um now a thousand years prior to the events in this book uh, there was a hero which fought some uh, danger some terror called the deepness okay. now we don't know much about the deepness and this is something that you'll find as you go through the, the book it's just a very uh, very little references throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. However, this hero then adopted the title Lord Ruler and forged what he called the Final Empire. He basically remade the world in his own image. Now, he's still alive a thousand years on. Okay. He's still the absolute ruler he's of not, the Final Empire. Not rotting on his throne or anything? No, no. no. Okay. And what's interesting as well is that the nobility of the, of the Final Empire is actually... The descendants of those who helped him, his friends, mm-hmm. from back when he became this powerful being. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he sort of kept them and their descendants close. And he gave them the ability, uh, which was a, basically a genetic trait then passed on from his friends down through his lines, through, the, through their lines, through the nobility, of allomancy. Okay. Now, have you heard of allomancy before, or allomantic powers? Um, not really. Sounds something to do. Just, just the sound of it sounds a bit like alchemy with elements. But... Yes. Okay. Very, very good. Okay. Um, basically, allomancers ingest a, a, a metal or shards mm-hmm. of metal, and then from that they do what they call burn the metal, mm-hmm. uh, which is they consume it within them uh, to enable them to access an allomantic power. Right. Okay. So allomancers typically would have access to a single one of the 16 allomantic powers. Mm -hmm. So, for example, someone might be able to burn pewter Mm -hmm. and become incredibly strong. It enhances their physical abilities, their physical strength. Um, Some can burn to either push or pull on people's emotions. Some can uh, speed up or slow down time. There's a lot of different abilities. So is this say, different, 16 different types of 16 metal? 16 different types of metal. Each right. one gives it the, the uh, Allomancer a unique ability. Mm. Now, there are also ones called Mistborns, which is a, a, like a rare subset of those Allomancers. Now, a Mistborn can burn all 16 types of metal oh. and gain access to all 16 powers. He's the all-in-one. So, he, and they are the Mistborn. Okay. Who... Uh. Now we know why it's called that. Now we know why it's called Mistborn. Now, in the current setting, 
obviously you've got the fabulously wealthy nobility and then you've got the other group called the Scar who are basically a slave class of people, peasant class of people, um, very brutally treated and you, you get that very early on from the books. You the, the first pages introduce you to a group of Scar and you learn very quickly the kind of life that they've been forced to lead by the final empire. It makes me mad. It does. It uh, it really riles you up. <laughs> uh, but we're also introduced to one of the book's two main characters in that at that point called Kelsier. Mm-hmm. The first one is, is that we meet is called Kelsier. Now he's a half scar thief. Half scar. Who's kind of um, he's not got quite some, a legend, but got he's some money. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's he's not got a, got some money at this point. <laughs> okay. He, as you learn, is. Um, was basically bef- prior to the setting of the book about three years before I think if memory serves mm-hmm. he was sent to these mines that are controlled by uh, the Lord Ruler and his I think his wife's been killed he has been very uh, brutally scarred and people recognise him and they know who he is not by his name but by his reputation because of the scars right because <laughs> he's the only one that survived these mines so he, he is a scar who gets recognised by, by his, his scars that is pretty yeah. bad yeah. <laughs> even though he's only a half scar yeah, yeah. Um, but basically the, although this alimantic powers these alimantic powers are passed on through the genes of the nobility, mm-hmm. some of the nobility have been naughty with their scar slaves at times, which is why there are occasional ones like Kelsia who have those alimentic powers. Because, right, so the scar have got that, right. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and we find out early on that he really, really wants to free his people. Okay, he likes his people. He likes his people, and he doesn't like the way that uh, the Empire treats his people. Okay. And... We, and he's kind of known as a bit of a trouble causer who goes from place to place, but he's actually planning a rebellion against the Empire. Now, this all sta- sounds pretty fairly standard in a in a fan- fancy setting, doesn't it? There's nothing yeah. particularly... Well, kind of. It, it does sound a little bit more... I don't know. There is something different about it. The way you say it's a that dystopian. Yeah. That sounds like a bit of a different element. And the fact that... It's to do with ingesting the metals. That's yeah. a little bit of a different this mechanic. Is the thing that, for me, sets this apart from you know having a fancy book with a wizard that comes along and casts a fireball or something like that. This it's is dragon fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is something that's a, a lot more carefully thought out. Kind of like I said with the wheel of the wheel of time, the abilities mm-hmm. in there. This is a system that's a lot more carefully wor- worked out on how these powers correlate to one another but there has to be constraints and yeah. a cost otherwise uh, there's no threat or anything so that's right so. and he does that very well now there was i think it was the washington post if memory serves said that the powers kind of felt like something from a video game like a cheat you press xxy to get this power sort of mm. thing but actually i, I thought it was yeah. yeah it kind of sets it apart from a lot of the other mm. other ones and actually i thought i was thinking it sounds like a good game yeah a uh, board game i was thinking but there um, has been a uh, couple of games there is a board game for the mistborn mm-hmm. uh, i believe there was also a, a card or a dice game something smaller did you get and, banned for people eating mercury one yeah. thing? <laughs> and uh the rights have been opted for a film as well and i think there's a screenwriter been assigned to Mm -hmm. develop Miss Bourne into a film. Um, But yeah, so we've got Kelsia, who's one of the main characters. The other main character we meet early on is called Vin. Now, she doesn't realise that she has these... Well, she knows she has abilities, 
but she doesn't quite know what those abilities are or how they got. She hasn't got eaten to her. like metal yet. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she knows that she can sort of slightly affect people's emotions. She thinks it's just a sort of luck type thing that she can maybe get people to trust her that wouldn't ordinarily be able to. She doesn't realise mm. that she's she can pull and pull up, pull and push on people's emotions. Wow. But Kelsey and <laughs> she's his... an attractive woman. Yeah. <laughs> she's a street urchin. Oh, is she? she's a street urchin. And uh, Kelsey and uh, his crew meet Vin, realise you know what she's actually capable of, mm-hmm. and Kelsey and his team start to train her in the use of her different abilities. Yeah. They But Kelsey has got this plan to bring down the final empire. Mm-hmm. You see, these these sixteen normal metals that people use, as I say, they have like little shavings of. Uh, the, the metal in a like liquid solution, <laughs> well, I wonder and they'll they drink. To get it. Yeah, they'll drink like a, a little vial of something with uh, the shavings of this metal, and they, they can use it. It's like that whiskey with gold in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's a, there's two other kinds of metal, not of the normal sixteen. Mm-hmm. One of them is called, I think it's pronounced atium, and the Lord Rulers basically hoarded all this for himself. Mm-hmm. But I take it he the can economy largely depends on this metal. Right. And Kelsier believes that if he can if him and his crew can pull off a heist and steal this, mm-hmm. then they'll be able to bring the economy of the final empire down and that'll lead to a scar uprising. Yeah, so it's, that's the general that's idea. That's the general of it. idea. So Finn ends up being used as a bit of a spy on the nobility. Kind of a, a fantasy heist book. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Vin ends up being used to spy on the nobility and infiltrate the nobility. Okay. There is a romantic element to this book. Well, as well I assume which there would I'm, be. Not between Kelsey and Vin, I'd like to say. Um, You'd like to say, but you can't. Well, I, I, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> However, mm. I do, it's not in any way. A love story. This is a, a genuine fantasy story with some unique elements. I think in we've it. ever done a love story on Tome Talk. No, <laughs> the, the narrative is quite compelling. Um, the way that the Alamancy works is mm-hmm. fascinating, and you find out as the story goes on, it's not the only sort of discipline. There are. Uh, there's another one, uh, Ferukami, I think it's called, which is more. You have, uh, like a, a kind of metal. It's very. It's related to the Alamancy. Mm. You have a metal, but you can imbue a part of yourself into that metal oh, to store it up for later. Ah. So you could store up health, store up time, store up uh, mental energy, things like that. And then there's uh, another kind as well. I think it's called hemalurgy, which is where you're able to not have these powers yourself, but you can transfer powers between different people. <laughs> Right. Uh, at a reduced level, so it's it's quite a well constructed universe. I mean, this this there is a very good social nature to the story. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I really enjoyed the narrative. I liked seeing the characters develop. Kelsey, in particular, is quite an interesting character. You do see some development of him, but he's kind of as you meet him he's a fully fleshed out character and you're just learning about him whereas right. with Vin you see a lot more of her developing as a as a character as a person in her abilities in her confidence yeah. it becomes less urchiny yeah okay. and you actually start start to think at the beginning that Kelsey really is the core character of the book and then later on you realise it's actually Vin ah. um, that's the main character but as I say I don't want to go into spoilers there are a number of twists the book tells you, and what I've told you is what where the book leads you initially. 
but there are twists in the story and the yeah, development and to, even in the plans and things that come along so you haven't, you haven't had any spoilers from listening to this everything you've heard you'd, you'd find out very early on in the book as it's, well it's in the first 200 pages at least yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually I stand by my convictions that this is a good book because I gave you a copy of this book as well you did yes so I can actually after listening to you describe it I can read it for myself, which doesn't often happen with Tome Talk because we're trying to keep ahead of it and have plenty of books to talk about yeah. ourselves. So yeah, no doubling up. We can't do it. <laughs> Actually, I started uh, listening to the audiobook as, as well of this recently, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of threw me at first because I didn't realise when I started listening to it that the the narrator is the same narrator for the uh, Wheel of Time books, right. was produced by the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, I thought I'd just put the wrong audiobook. <laughs> Yeah, but I stole all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> this was actually recommended to me by a friend, so I'm passing. I'm sort of passing on that recommendation to everyone else now. Good. It's one that I uh, was recommended to me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the blurge on the back, uh, highly recommended to anyone hungry for a good read from Robin Hub. I would second that. Mm. I highly enjoyed this and recommend it as something qu- quite different to a lot of the run-of-the-mill fantasy books that are out there. Well, I believe you, and it's good. It sounds good. So, Brandon Sanderson, Mistborn, The Final Empire, first book of the series. There's, I think, six or seven books in the series in total. A couple of different trilogies, plus a couple of other stories. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend this. And also, if you get if you get chance, check out some of his other work. Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.